We're eight days away from the start of the 2023 NFL Draft, and the Carolina Panthers say that they have yet to make their final decision. Do you believe them? I'm not so sure I do. I'll tell you why right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays, like this Friday coming up, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. If you want to get your question into the final weekly Friday mailbag ahead of next week's NFL draft, so at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council to do that. We are eight days away from finally getting that final answer of who the number one pick in the draft will be and who will be that franchise quarterback here in Carolina. Now, according to many of the NFL insiders and mock draft dudes out there, the Panthers are going to take Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Peter King saying it, head and shoulders. The favorite, Albert Breer, is saying it from all his intel that the league believes that's who they're going to take. You're hearing it from Chris Mortensen, Adam Schefter, Mel Kuyper Jr., and Todd McShay tag team a three-round mock draft on Tuesday. And that's what they said. Dame Brugler, who, by the way, is going to join us later on this week on Locked on Panthers from The Athletic. He's telling us the Carolina Panthers are going to take Bryce Young. Where there's smoke, there is fire. So when Scott Fitterer, the Panthers general manager, Dan Morgan, the Panthers assistant general manager, and Cole Spencer, the Panthers director of college scouting, meet with the media on a Tuesday and tell you that they have not made their final decision yet, you kind of take a step back and wonder, is this true? Are they being honest with us? Or are they trying to keep up the smoke screen of they still are evaluating their decisions? Now, according to Scott Bitter, the Carolina Panthers have yet to make their final decision that they have been able to gain some clarity throughout the process of the last month and a half by looking at quarterbacks starting at the Combine, where a couple days later decided, hey, Chicago, here's all these picks. Here's DJ Moore. We want the number one pick in the draft. We want to have the options. We want to control the narrative heading in to the end of April when the NFL world descends upon Kansas City, Missouri. KC Mo from the 27th through the 29th for the NFL draft. The Panthers wanted to be in charge, and they have done that. They want to be in position to get their guy. They didn't want to move to the five, which is Seattle. They didn't want to move to Arizona, the three. They wanted to get to number one, and they did that. They've gone to pro days in Columbus, in Tuscaloosa, in Lexington, in Gainesville to check out all of the top four quarterback prospects in C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. They've had all four of them for top 30 visits here in Carolina. They've had dinner with them. They have done their due diligence throughout the last month and a half. So they have been able to find clarity through that process. And they are making a conscious effort to take their time. That's what they've been trying to do. 
that they have not told Bryce Young that he'll be the pick. And Joe Person, God bless him, asked directly, have you told Bryce Young he's going to be the pick? And that was based off of Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network's report on Monday that Bryce Young is no longer meeting with teams. He's met with the Texans and the Panthers. Doesn't need to talk to anybody else. And that makes a lot of sense. He's not falling past two. Houston's going to take him. D'Amico Ryan's an Alabama guy. will take him. I know there's a lot of speculation out there right now that the Houston Texans may not take a quarterback and people are not convinced that they're going to take one. Maybe it's Houston not loving C.J. Stroud and believing that Carolina is going to take Bryce Young and that's the guy that they want. If Bryce Young is there at two, Houston is going to take Bryce Young. So I can understand why Bryce Young is not taking any more meetings because he's going one to Carolina or he's going to two to Houston. He's not going to fall to three or four or anywhere further down in the top 10 or the top five, really, of this NFL draft. The Carolina Panthers have used a collaborative process throughout this. We saw David and Nicole Tepper there on the road. We saw all the scouts that were there, the mass group that the Panthers had where Scott Fitter said that they wanted to have Thomas Brown, a new OC, involved. They wanted to have Josh McCown involved, Parks Frazier, Jim Caldwell. They wanted to have as many people involved so they could make an informed decision. That consciously, they're trying to keep all four of the quarterbacks in play. And if you listen to the press conference on Tuesday, Scott Fitter went out of his way to say Will Levis multiple times, letting people know, hey, we're still looking at Will Levis. I know that DraftKings, or rather FanDuel, is saying that Will Levis is a plus 5,500 favorite to come to Carolina, or that's his odds. He's not a favorite, but that's plus 5,500 odds to come to Carolina. We are still talking to him, and they met with him on Tuesday. We still believe that he could be our pick. But everyone knows this has always been a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud race. And maybe Anthony Richardson as a dark horse has never been Will Levis. So when you hear them say they have not made a decision, I want to believe them. And a large part of me does believe them. But y'all, the entirety of the NFL believes they're going to take Bryce Young. And you can say, okay, well, yeah, smokescreen. They want the league to believe that so they can fake him out and take C.J. Stroud or trade back. Scott Fitter said on Tuesday that he doesn't see them trading to pick. I've been telling y'all that too. David Tepper did not have them give up what they gave up to get to number one to not stay at number one. He wants the spotlight on his franchise. He wants the number one pick. He wants everything that comes with the allure of holding a number one pick. And Scott Fitter talked about how fun it is to have the number one pick and to go into the draft knowing that you had the entire draft board at your disposal. And even Cole Spencer brought it up how the last couple seasons they have had the entire defensive board right there to their liking when they took J.C. Horn back in 2021. Last year, they had the entire offensive board available to them when they took Iki Aquanu at sixth overall. And now they have the entire draft board available to them because they're picking at number one. David Tepper's not going to let these dudes move out of number one, even if they could still get their guy at two. He wants the number one pick, and the Panthers are going to stay at number one. So when you're going to stay at number one, you don't have to hide anything. And I understand the illusion of, oh, maybe we're going to trade back. And philosophically, Scott Fitter said they'll always pick up the phone and listen. He told us that day one, in on every deal. It ain't going to be in on any deal moving back. They're staying at one. And I am pretty sure they know who they want. Even if they haven't all sat down and met and agreed upon it, there is a reason why everyone out there in the league, coaches, front office executives and all these insiders are saying the Carolina Panthers are going to take Bryce Young. 
I don't think it's a smokescreen for the Carolina Panthers to trade back and get Anthony Richardson or to fake us out and get C.J. Stroud. Maybe they do take C.J. Stroud, but they're not going to be doing it by moving down. They're going to take Bryce or C.J. or Anthony, probably not Anthony, but Bryce or C.J. at number one. There are no other maneuvering happening. They're going to get their guy. So they might say they have not made their final decision, but as Scott kind of told us there on Tuesday, he knows who he likes. Dan knows who he likes. David Tepper damn sure knows who he likes and who he wants. The Carolina Panthers, it might not be final, but it's pretty final based off of all the reporting that's been out there. And did you really think they're going to come out and tell us, yeah, we made up our mind, we know who we're going to take? Nine days for the draft? No. No, they're, they're going to they're gonna let us believe that they still have conversations to be had, which there are conversations to be had. But what are those conversations going to amount to more than oh, yeah, remember the guy that we've all fell in love with? That's going to be the guy we're going to take officially right now. We know how it's all going to end. Bryce Young as a Carolina Panther next Thursday at the podium there in Kansas City. Now, Bryce Young has been getting a lot of comparisons to a former quarterback there in Seattle that Dan Morgan and Scott Bitter were a part of drafting, that man being Russell Wilson. We heard some Russell Wilson comparisons last year when the Panthers took Matt Corral. Let's evaluate the Russell Wilson comparisons as they relate to Bryce Young, as he is, again, the favorite to end up here in Carolina next Thursday night in Kansas City. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, make sure to get over to FanDuel, where, guys, again, Bryce Young is the favorite. Put your money down. Not sure how much you're going to really make, though. By the way, grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official betting partner of Major League Baseball. Baseball. So last year around this time, really after the draft, but also a little bit leading up to the draft when the Panthers were still evaluating all their options there at six, whether they were going to take an offensive lineman, an edge rusher, could they fall in love with Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett? Would they be a quarterback worthy of taking at number six? And Scott Fitter told us then you got to have conviction and that's where you can really take the risk and make a jump and get that guy as your quarterback. But as we talked about throughout the last draft season last year, none of those quarterbacks were worth top 10 pick and only one of them turned out to be worth a first round pick at all. That being Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, who actually did a good job at the end of last season, hoping the Steelers uh, maintain Mike Tomlin's record of never having a losing season as a head coach here in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Pickett, we'll see how it works out. Just okay. Malik Willis was a complete disaster when he played last year for Tennessee. So much so that Josh Dobbs, who they brought off the street, started consequential games at the end of the season for the Tennessee Titans. Matt Corral, unfortunately, we did not get to see him last year as he broke his foot in New England. And that field, man, that field has taken away so much from us when it comes to quarterback play here in Carolina. But Matt Corral, unfortunately, casually. And then Desmond Ritter played a little bit last season after Marcus Mariota got injured slash quit the team. In Atlanta, none of those quarterbacks showed to be 
really the guy. And Kenny Pickett, we'll see how it works on Pittsburgh. He clearly is a starter, and he's going to have an opportunity. And, well, hell, Pittsburgh, they don't really fail at many things. I'm sure Kenny Pickett would be fine long term. But leading up to the draft, though, we talked about how Scott Fitter had the background of being in Seattle and taking a quarterback in the third round. That quarterback being Russell Wilson, who helped the Seattle Seahawks win a Super Bowl and go to another one where one of the most horrific things happened in NFL history, that interception he threw at the goal line to Malcolm Butler instead of handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. But we don't need to relitigate what happened there at the end of that Super Bowl against New England. Either way, they had the history of having taken a quarterback in the middle part of the the draft who had success as a franchise quarterback in Seattle and now in Denver, where last year didn't really go that great. But either way, Russell Wilson was a fantastic player for the Seattle Seahawks. And general manager then and now, John Snyder, did an excellent job by evaluating Russell Wilson's talent. But Scott Fitter was a big part of the reason why they took Russell Wilson. So last year we talked about Fitterer, the Seattle connection, and them taking Russell Wilson in the third round, and we thought maybe they'd be willing to take someone like Malik Willis in the third round or Kenny Pickett. Well, obviously he was gone, but Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell out of North Carolina, Matt Corral. And once Matt Corral was taken in the third round, there was the belief from some out there that Matt Corral could be the franchise quarterback here, here in Carolina. And Scott Fitter said from the beginning, we're going to take it slowly where it was just Sam and Matt on the roster and PJ, like we are going to take it slowly and Matt's not really coming in here to compete. We want him to learn and develop, but he's not coming in here to be the guy day one. And he still said the same thing about Bryce or CJ or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. That he's not going to force them to play week one, but he told us very early last year after taking Matt Corral, that it's going to take some time. And we saw how it worked out in Seattle where Russell Wilson came out to shoot and was the dude there in Seattle for a decade. Now, Matt Corral, unfortunately, that has not worked out in Carolina because of the injury. And now we're looking at Bryce Young and his size and his weight and comparing that to Russell Wilson and what happened before. Now, tell me if this sounds familiar. Chris Wanky, former Carolina Panthers quarterback, now coached in college football, said about Russell Wilson leading up to the draft that if he was 6'5", he'd be the number one pick. Haven't you heard someone say, that if Bryce Young was 6'3", that he would be the no-doubt number one pick. Yeah, multiple people have said that. John Gruden, <laughs> disgraced Raiders coach, but formerly of ESPN, he said that the only concern of Russell Wilson was his height. That's the only thing holding him back and why he'll be a middle-round pick. Now, back in 2012, the same probably would be said for Bryce Young. And Bryce Young is an outlier because being at 5'10", 204, at least his combine height and weight, you have never seen a quarterback of that size, and really 190, 195 playing weight, you have never seen a quarterback of that size, that height and weight, go on to long-term success in the NFL. Doug Flutie, he's got an opportunity, was a solid player, win given the opportunity in the NFL. We've seen Kyler Murray get a second contract, but also struggle to make it through seasons. And he's a thicker dude than Bryce Young. Bryce is still pretty slight. I'm not saying he's a skinny dude, but he certainly is not stocky and built like Russell Wilson, I had this conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago who covered Russell Wilson back at NC State and how he talked about, hey, Russell was a big guy. You know, he's, Bryce is kind of skinny. Like, Russell was built up. He looked – I mean, Bryce is an athlete. Russell, he, he, he looked the part. He just was a little bit shorter. And the way people looked at quarterbacks back in 2012, it's a little bit different than how they look at him now in 2023. And the game certainly has evolved. If Bryce Young – was 5'10", 204, and it's 2012, 
yeah, we're not having a conversation at all about this guy being the number one pick, but because it's evolved into more of a passing game, and we see the spread concepts and the way the quarterbacks are protected, especially in the NFL, you can believe that Bryce Young can have success. And you've also seen Drew Brees, you've seen Russell Wilson, you've seen smaller quarterbacks, even Kyler Murray, go on to have success in the NFL and have big-time success in this case of Brees and Wilson. And you have two guys in this front office, Dan Morgan, who was the assistant director of pro personnel back then in Seattle, and Scott Fitter, who was the director of college scouting back in Seattle, who have been a part of that success with a small quarterback. Now, continuing on with the comparisons, Bryce Young again, 5'10", 204. What was Russell Wilson at the Combine 11 years ago? 5'11", 204. Now it was 204. Looked a little bit different on his body than Bryce Young's 204, and he actually was 204 and played at that weight. Now Russell Wilson is 5'11", 215. At least that's what he's listed at on the Broncos' website. Scott Fitterer talked about this when they were asked about his weight. He said nutritionally, they can work with Bryce Young. And he also said naturally... As he ages, he's going to gain weight. You, me, and everyone knows that you're not the same size you were 10 years ago. Maybe you are. Maybe you are because you stay in shape and you've done a really good job of your body. But we all know that Father Time's going to catch up to us and we're going to put on some pounds in places that we don't want to put them. Now, Bryce Young, he's an athlete. He's always going to be in shape, working out and all that kind of stuff. But they can find a way to add some weight. And he found a way from the end of the Bama season in the Sugar Bowl against K-State to the Combine in February to put on enough weight to convince, maybe, I don't know how much he really convinced people, but to show that, hey, I can put on weight. I'm not as small as you think I am. We can make this work. You should look at me as a top-tier quarterback who you're not concerned too much about durability. Now, again, I feel like a lot of people are still very concerned about his durability, considering he's 5'10", and he definitely is not going to be 204 at least this season. Now, down the road, could he be at a 205 playing weight? Could he be at 210? I don't know if his body's ever going to carry his weight like that. We'll see. But nutritionally, a part of bringing a quarterback in and bringing any player in is getting them on the right kind of plan. Like, think about Deontay Brown. Do you not believe the Carolina Panthers have been working with him about his diet and what he should be eating and what he should be putting in his body and how he should be taking care of his body? It's not just what you eat. It's also sleeping and some of the other healthy habits you have to develop in order to be a world-class athlete and be able to maintain your body and be available in the NFL. It's not just about what you eat. It's about how you take care of your body overall for athletes, not just in the NFL, but across sports and people in general, if they want to take care of their body. It's more than just working out. It's more than just what you eat. There's so many things that go into it. And the Carolina Panthers, as Scott Fitterer said, they can help Bryce Young with that. But a big thing about John Snyder taking Russell Wilson was the word that we've heard over the last year and a half, conviction. John Snyder, the Seattle Seahawks general manager, had conviction. It's all about conviction. Scott Fitter said we have conviction. He said that they had conviction on multiple guys, and they still do, that they've been able to gain clarity through the process of evaluating the top four quarterbacks. Conviction, conviction, conviction. We've heard that over and over and over and it seems that's what they have with Bryce Young. They had it with Russell Wilson, and it paid off. And they appear to have it with Bryce Young, and they believe it will pay off. Scott Fitter said they have a coaching staff that is made to help a young quarterback grow and develop, that it's about putting the right pieces around that quarterback. And we've seen throughout free agency, even though Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, Adam Thiel, and DJ Chark aren't some of these blockbuster signings, it's better than what he would have had 
last year and what he would have had had they not gone out there and brought in those players. So Scott Fitter understands what you got to do to build around a quarterback. And they did in Seattle, and they want to do that here in Carolina. Now they got to do a lot more than what they've done so far, and that will take time. And it's not like it's a one-year building process. It's about two years where they can really get the roster maybe where they want it to be. But again, it's going to continue to happen throughout the entirety of Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud's career here in Carolina. But it's about having conviction, and Dan Morgan said that. If we have conviction on a guy that we really like, no matter how big or short he is, that's not going to matter. And they're letting you know that they believe. And Scott Fitter even brought up about Bryce's height, 5'10", and Russell Wilson's height, 5'11". They're senior years back in college. Senior year at Wisconsin, playing in a more pro-style offense for the Badgers. Russell Wilson had three batted balls all season. Baker Mayfield had that in, like, what, one game last year? He had issues maneuvering the pocket. He had issues being able to find those passing lanes. Bryce Young last year at Alabama, two. Two batted passes at the line of scrimmage last season in the SEC. And Scott Fitter said, when you grow up as a shorter quarterback, you learn how to evolve your game and adapt. Dan Morgan said it's about pocket instinct, being able to slide, find passing lanes. You need to make more it's it needs to make sure more than size. You got to take more, excuse me. You have to take more into account than just size. Knowing how to find the passing lanes, be able to maneuver the pocket. Those are the things that people have talked about constantly about how great Bryce Young is at is do is is good at. How great he is at doing those things. People have talked about that. The Bryce Young. He hasn't had an issue of his size. He plays bigger. That's what everyone's been saying. The durability aspect is a concern. Even though at Alabama, it wasn't a concern at all. And the one injury he had, he came back and threw for, what, 500 yards against Tennessee? And had led them down the field to win the game? I understand. Whole different ball game in the NFL. Everything you hear. The comparison to Russell Wilson. All the noise outside the building. It feels very clear to me that that is their guy. Even if they tell us he's not. So we look at the comparisons last year with Matt Crown and Russell Wilson. I see why people made him because of where they were drafted. But you look at Bryce and look at Russell, they make a lot more sense than Matt Corral and Russell Wilson did a year ago. Now, that wasn't the only thing that they talked about on Tuesday. There was some more insight as far as who would get the final call if the Panthers cannot figure out who they want at number one, even though I think they do know who they want. And also, what are some of the draft needs the Carolina Panthers to be looking out to address? And what is Matt Corral's future here in Carolina? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Looking at more takeaways from Scott Bitter, Cole Spencer, and Dan Morgan's press availability on Tuesday afternoon. There's questions of who has the final say here in Carolina. Now, alignment is one of those buzzwords that you hear every time a new coach and general manager meet up and come into an organization. And of course, the owner, you got to have top to bottom alignment. Everyone needs to be on the same page. You always hear that in college, in the NFL, even we're in your everyday lives, I'm sure, at your business. You got to be on the same page. You got to be aligned. Everyone has to agree or at least be able to come to an agreement and it does not need to be a fracture. We've seen that happen in the past. I don't know how, how much it's really happened here in Carolina because it seemed like Scott Fitter and Matt Rule had a good relationship together and even Marty Herney was here. Things seemed to be fine with him and Ron and how Ron and Marty are there in, in Washington with the commanders. They haven't had that many issues. Now, we have seen 
Jerry Richardson, may he rest in peace, and Dave Gettleman have some issues as far as their alignment, how they wanted the organization to be run, and how they wanted people to be treated. Uh, that has happened. Overall, I feel like there's not been that many issues as far as alignment goes here in Carolina throughout the franchise's history. But as far as who gets the final say, Scott Fitter has said that him and Frank Reich will make that final decision together if there are two conflicting sides. If there's a camp that wants Bryce, or there's a camp that wants Stroud, or there's a camp that wants Anthony, or maybe Will Levis, the two of them will get in a room together. They'll discuss who they think the guy is. Now, even before they really get down to those meetings, the two of them, they're going to speak. Scott Federer has said that he didn't want to speak to Frank Reich until they had to have a conversation about it. He has also said throughout the last couple weeks that he has an idea of where Frank is leaning, and Frank has an idea of where he's leaning, and hopefully they're both leaning in the right direction, or at least the same direction, um, and they're not, you know, apart. I don't want that to happen. But either way, they're professionals. They'll figure it out. And it's important to both of them that they get on the same page and that they get it right. Because if this is a failure, Frank's ass is grass, and so is Scott Fitter. They're both gone. If they don't get it figured out here in Carolina with the right quarterback. So I'm not too concerned about their ability to come to a decision. It's going to be a collaborative decision as it has been throughout the last month where you've seen the traveling circus at all the pro days and you've seen the amount of people that are going to have input into the decision. It's not just going to be Frank Reich and Scott Fitter. It's going to be Cole Spencer. It's going to be Dan Morgan. It's going to be Samir Suleiman. It's going to be David and Nicole Tepper. could be Christy Coleman, the president. It's going to be a lot of people in that building who are going to decide who the quarterback will be. But really, it's going to come down to those two individuals, Frank Reich and Scott Fitter and David Tepper right there in the shadows, who decide who the quarterback is going to be after listening to everyone. Now, as far as the schedule, the next couple of days leading up to the draft, uh, the reviewing the draft board this week with the scouts who are downtown in Charlotte. Uh, they're going to meet with the coaches later on this week, and then there will be some minor tweaks uh, to the draft board. Currently, they have 170 draftable players on their board which is good to hear. The Panthers don't have a pick past the fifth round. We'll see if they trade back and get some more picks. Don't know necessarily if they need to do that. Uh, as far as draft needs go, we've heard from Scott Fitter a couple weeks ago, hey, wide receiver was one of them, and he said let the DJ Chark thing play out. And two days later, DJ Chark was a Carolina Panther. He went out and said, first thing, always need a pass rusher. I've seen DJ Ojal or BJ Ojalari, rather. I've seen him. Uh, be mocked to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, there's a kid from, I think it's Andre Carter from the U.S. Army Academy up there in West Point. Uh, I've seen him be or military academy, U.S. United States Military Academy, right? That's what it is. Yes, United States Military Academy up in West Point. I've seen him mocked to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I've seen several other edge rushers mocked to the Carolina Panthers. So would not be surprised at all if they take someone at 39. I've also been saying that there are some veterans out there. Leonard Floyd, I see he's still available for the right price. Would love to get him in this scheme, which he has familiarity with, having worked with Jero Averro before in Los Angeles. They also could look to beef up the offensive line. Looking at it earlier this week when I was going over the depth chart, you have your top five guys. There are concerns about Austin Corbin, his availability week one. We'll see how that works out here as he goes throughout his rehab from that torn ACL that he suffered in week 18 on the road in that win against New Orleans. Just McCray could step in and could be the starter. It could be Cade Mays. But outside of that, they don't have a swing tackle. Cam Irving's still available, I believe. I don't know if we really want to do that again, but he's available. He's a veteran. That's out there. Pat O'Flying, they cut him. They decided they didn't need him. They could use a backup center, and they could use a swing tackle. 
And could they find that in the draft coming up here next week? Another wide receiver is something they could look at. I've seen multiple mock drafts have Jalen Hyatt. I believe that's the one that uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kiper Jr. put out on Tuesday afternoon with or I guess Tuesday morning with ESPN.com. Uh, I've seen other mocks also do the same thing. I would not hate it. The Panthers do not have a long-term wide receiver on this roster, at least someone who's revealed themselves to for sure be here for the long haul in Carolina. Hopefully it's Terrace Marshall. Hopefully it could be DJ Chark. Hopefully it's Shai Smith or some of the other guys. But right now, you don't know Chark's going to be here this time next year. You don't even know if Thielen is going to be here this time next year. I think he'll probably will be. Um, but you don't know who in three years' time is going to be in the wide receiver core here in Carolina. And that's something that you want to get shirt up, especially when you have a young quarterback coming in. Now, it's not something that has to be addressed immediately, but you don't want to wait. You don't want to treat it like Cam Newton. And fortunately, this staff has, or at least this front office with Scott Fitter, they have done their best to put pieces around their quarterback. Now, the pieces have still not been very good. We saw last year it was like basically DJ Moore, and Robbie wasn't given anything. I guess he's now known as Chosen. And, of course, McCaffrey, when he's available, he's a great player, but, of course, wasn't here in Carolina very long last year. They didn't have much left at the end of last season, pass-catching-wise. They've done a better job getting a running back to catch the football, which they did not have at the end of last season. They've done a good job by getting a pass-catching tight end, which they have not had in a while since Greg Olson really kept breaking his foot every single season, unfortunately. They've done a better job in getting pass-catchers, but they need to have someone who you can look at and know that, hey, he's going to be around for a long, long time. Linebacker is also another position. It's got better said. The, the whole part of free agency is to go into the draft – to take the best player available. And they believe that they have done that. Now, the question that people will have then is, okay, Scott, you get the 39. You have a wide receiver there. That's the top of your board. And then two spots below him is an edge rusher. What are you going to take? He said they're going to go with what the need is. And my guess is the need's probably bigger at edge than wide receiver. And say it's corner. He didn't mention corner. But if it's corner and they believe that's a bigger need, they're going to take the bigger need when the rankings are that close. They're not going to just go from a guy who's 40 spots below or 20 spots, I guess, to be more realistic. I guess not, not something more reasonable. They're not going to nuts and decide, oh, it's reach. They're going to get a player who's within range of that best player available and is a need if that's what they need to do, especially if they like that player and want him in that position. And again, mentioned earlier, they're not going to force the quarterback on the field. Andy Dalton's here to be the bridge to start week one. Maybe we'll see how long it takes, but it's going to be a process. Whoever they take next Thursday, they're not just going to throw that guy out there, which leads me, which also is important to bring up about Matt Corral, who is on the roster. I would imagine he'll be on the roster on a 53-man initially unless somebody trades for him or he's just so bad that they decide, hey, let's cut ties. I think Matt Corral will be on this roster, and I do believe he should to at least develop a backup here in Carolina. And maybe he can be a high-level backup. Maybe one day he gets an opportunity to actually be the franchise quarterback. The unfortunate thing for him is he broke his foot, didn't get an opportunity to show what he could ha- he could show last year, and the Panthers are taking a quarterback number one. And when you take a quarterback number one, the guy that you traded up for in the third round in a weak quarterback class is not a guy that you're planning on starting as the franchise. That's just not the case. Now, Scott Fitter was asked about, his message, Matt Corral, whether he's talked to him, he said he has not directly spoken to Matt, but he's spoken to his agent. And Matt Corral is at a good weight. I think he was like 220. He's ready to come in and compete. And that nothing is promised to anyone. 
although they're going to take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud number one, nothing's promised that they're going to be the starting quarterback. Now, of course, that's ridiculous because they're going to be the starting quarterback unless they're just an abject disaster. But at that point, you got to put them out there anyways to figure out where you can coach them. They're going to play. They're going to be the starter at some point. Unfortunately for Matt Corral with Andy Dalton here, Andy Dalton is the number two. That's just the reality of what's happening. But if Andy Dalton goes down, you're going to need Matt Corral to be able to step up and to be that backup. And who knows, maybe they would feel more comfortable with him being the starter. Have a hard time seeing that. It's a new offense that he's also learning. Here in Carolina, it's not like he has that much of an advantage. He has spent a year in the league, but it's all been mental reps more so than physical reps, which he barely got last year during OTAs, mandatory minicamp, and then, of course, during training camp and then the preseason where he suffered that season-ending injury. So Matt Corral, he's still in the plans, but the plan is not currently for Matt Corral to be the guy. But who knows? He comes out, he shows something, and maybe he becomes the guy. Hard to see that happening, but best of luck to Matt Corral, and there is a place for him in Carolina. The place just probably is not with him being the face of the franchise. All right, that is going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe to the show. Also, to uh, follow for free on YouTube or listen wherever you listen to your podcasts. And make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, get in the weekly Friday mailbag. Uh, but in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you on Thursday.